about worship in a few minutes. I want everybody to enter in. I want the Holy Spirit in here so thick you can cut it with a knife. What these Unlocked Women conferences mean to me is I think it's a wonderful time for, even though men are invited, but it's really for women, about women. And it's a wonderful time for us to come together and get re-centered, re-energized in the things of God. This is a crazy world. And sometimes it's very confusing for a woman, especially if you're too soft, women don't respect you. If you're too tough, men roll their eyes at you. And so it, the world can be a very confusing place, but it's so beautifully simplistic when it's laid out in the things of God and in the, in the Bible and Bible principles. It really brings us back to center and lets us know how really simple it is that if we just depend on God and trust Him, we can do anything and everything. And that's what I get out of these conferences. It's a beautiful way to recenter, re-energize, and, and feel like you can conquer anything and everything again. So I hope you'll join us. We have so much fun and, and get serious, serious energy and, and new life for, for the months to come. Join us, please. At the Women's Conference, I have experienced um, a move of God and the theme of the, the Women's Conference is unlock. So just being present and hearing the word that God has placed on the speaker's heart, it gives you the key to unlock those doors. What well, I say, gems of that you can use for your destiny. God has placed a destiny in all of us and they give us the resources and the tools to keep moving and walking out that destiny every day. So if you have a passion for a business, or you have a passion for ministry, or you have a passion to just work with children, they will give you the resources and the encouragement and the key to unlock those doors. So where you have the confidence through the word to walk through those doors and walk through your destiny and reach as many people as so that's my experience at the Women's Conference, and I encourage you all to come and gather around the good stuff. Hi, I'd like to invite you to our annual Unlocked Women's Conference. It's a great time of fellowship with other women, a time of refreshing, a time of empowerment, a time to get ready for the rest of the year. So I hope to see you there July 15th and 16th this year. As I left, the Unlocked Ladies Conference last year, I felt so encouraged in the Lord as I listened to awesome women of God share God's Word with a new, fresh anointing. There was personal ministry time, personal prayer time. It was really a great time in the Lord. My most favorite part, though, was meeting ladies from other places as we connected and we shared the testimonies of God's goodness. I would encourage you to not miss out. This year's Ladies Unlocked Conference will be held here in Gonzales, July the 15th and 16th. Don't miss out. Register online today. I look forward to seeing you there. Hi, my name is Marquise, and I'm so excited to invite Well, hello. Welcome back. All right, we're getting ready to start the service, so let's stand in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for another day, Lord, another opportunity to praise you, another opportunity to worship you, God. And as we worship you, Father, in spirit and truth, Lord, as we move forward in this service, Holy Spirit, we ask that you rain down upon us. Baptize us with your fire, your all-consuming fire, God. And we thank you right now that you will enter in and you will inhabit our praise, God. Let our praise be of a, as of a sweet-smelling perfume, God. And we give you glory as we worship you, as we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you ready? Ready to worship the Lord? All right. Woo. Come on, put your hands together. Yes, we come to make a joyful noise to you, Lord. We come to lift you up. I've seen many places and many faces I've come to know. Times I've celebrated, sweet drink I've tasted, they come and go. But there was a treasure poured without measure over the earth. A so bright it outshines the brightest lights of the world no greater friend i know no greater peace i know no greater hope i know no greater joy i know i can search high and low in everywhere i go no greater river flows than you jesus no greater there's no motivation still comes from you no one more forgiving no one more forgiving no one more healing no one more true but there was a treasure for love is a treasure poured without measure over the earth a light that's so bright it outshines the Peace I, know. Oh, peace I know, the greater hope I know, greater joy I know, I can search high and low, in the everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you Jesus. With all my soul, I lift you up. With all my soul, I lift you up. With all I am, 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 I lift you up. With all my heart, I lift you up. Say, With all my heart, I lift you up. With all my soul, I lift you up. Say, With all my strength, I lift you up. With all my strength, I lift you up. With all I am, I lift you up. With all I am, I lift you up. No greater friend I know, greater peace. Peace I know. No greater hope I know. 
Oh yes, and I still could find it. I still couldn't find oh, it. I still could find nobody. And I searched all over. And I searched all over. I searched all over. And I searched all if over. If he's greater. If he's greater. Let him be greater. Come let on, somebody. Say, if he's higher. If he's higher. Let him be higher. Let him be higher. If he's higher. you God there's no one like you and I searched all over still couldn't find nobody yes. come on give him some praise tonight amen hallelujah we thank you that you are our shepherd All our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope in you, Lord. All our trust in you, Lord. Yes. And all we want is you, Lord. All our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope in you, Lord, all our trust in you, Lord, and all we want is you, Lord, the Lord is our shepherd, the Lord is our helper, oh, All our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope, all our hope in you, Lord. We put our trust in you, Lord. All our trust in you, Lord. And all we want, all we want is you, Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our helper. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way to follow you. We want to follow you. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way. My life is better, and I like it better when I am following you. Oh, oh, my life is better, and I like it better. When I am fine. 
times it's better. In the bad times it's better. When I put my trust in you, oh, my life is better. And I like it better when I am following you. tonight I like it better yes I do my life is sweeter with you yeah oh my life is better I like it better yes come on we're gonna sing it again to him oh my life is better yes it is I like it better when I am following Oh yes, God. My life is better. I like it better. When I am following you, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is my helper. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way to follow you. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Lead us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We yield to you, God. Thank you, Lord. Miracles when you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Yes, your hand is moving right now, you are still showing up. At the tomb of every Lazarus, your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able, my God, to come through again. You can do all these. You can do Cause you never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will Lord, you never will Everything's possible By the power of the Holy Ghost a new wind yeah. is blowing right now Breaking my heart of stone Taking over like it's Jericho My walls are all crashing down 
and rhyme. Come on, sing it out. Say, I, I know you're Because my God, my God, he will come through again. Come on, sing it to him. You can do all, all things. You can do all things but fail. Because you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. Sometimes you got to remind yourself that he can do anything. Yes, he can. Oh, he's never lost a battle. He never will. But then, because you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know. You never win. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And you never will. And you never will. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. And you never will. And you never will. You never lost a battle. 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 You never will. You never lost a battle. 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 You can do all things. Yes, you can. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things. Come on and sing it out tonight. You, you can, do, can do all You can do all things but fail. Because you never lost a No, you never lost. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know. You about that tonight he's carrying you through your storm he's carrying you through this battle yes he is oh he never lost a battle come on let's sing it again say you never lost he never lost a battle you never lost a battle 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 you never will you never will you never lost a battle never lost a battle Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. And you never will. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And you never will. I know you won't lose. 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 You never will. I know you won't lose. I know you won't lose. I know you won't lose. I know, I know, I know 
Come on, we're victorious in you. I thank you, Lord. You never will. that you never will you never will you're never gonna lose oh god and we thank you that whatever that we are facing god as we reflect god on all the times that you've carried us through you're gonna do it again you're gonna do it again you're gonna do it again and again and again god you are faithful we just thank you tonight god we've got praise in our heart we feel this atmosphere with praise tonight and your word says that you inhabit you live in our praises and we thank you we welcome and acknowledge the holy spirit that's among us tonight and we ask that you would do whatever you want to do say what you want to say tonight god we are open we are ready hungry to receive all that you have for us tonight oh we thank you for it in jesus name amen you may be seated All right, he never lost a battle, and he never will. How many of you know there are not very many things in life guaranteed, but that is. He never will. Well, I'm super charged, super pumped up about this next speaker. She's my spiritual mother. She has taught me pretty much everything that I know about God and being a woman of God. And I'm so excited to be under the covering in the, in the ministry of Bilbo Ministries, especially being under Beverly Bilbo. Because when I tell you she is a phenomenal example, a phenomenal woman of God, she is faithful and disciplined in areas of her life that she probably doesn't even know I watch, but I do. And I am so excited to know that it doesn't matter. I've never seen anybody push past everything that the enemy throws at them. Things that I probably wasn't even present to know about, I've learned she pushed past them. So when I hear women say, I can't do this and I can't make it and I won't survive this, I think of her. I think of her because I know if she can do it and she teaches us that God always causes us to triumph. And if she can do it and she's right there on the battlefield with us, when she tells you she's praying for you, she means just that. A lot of us have people say, oh, I'm going to pray for you and then I'm guilty of you know, forget no, she's praying. If she has to stop doing what she's doing, she's interceding and travailing for her people for, because she knows what it is to be a shepherd. She knows what it is to be a sign to people and the duty and the responsibility and the calling that's on her life. So I'm telling you now, take out your pads, take out your pens, and get ready because the words that will be coming out of her mouth are anointed. They are anointed. They will change your life. You will never be the same again. And she gets it downloaded straight from the Holy Spirit. So when she comes up here, and trust me, she will with her slides, and she's going to get passionate. You're going to see her moving. 
That's because she is passionate about changing your life and helping you overcome. I give you the best woman I know, Beverly Bilbo. Thank you. Okay. It helps if Beverly turns it on. It's like I've never had a mic before and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, thank you, Kim. So sweet. She tells me all the time that I'm her mother. I said that means I was 10 when I gave birth to you. Okay. All right. We might need to find another term there. <laughs> but um, I'm so glad that you're here. I am. Um, I had the God, God spoke to me about what I was supposed to preach um, months, uh, at least two months ago, because I had to actually order a prop that I'm going to use for the sermon. Um, I ordered it, I don't know, maybe two months ago on eBay. And, um, and so I've known what I was supposed to preach on. Yesterday, when we started having some phone calls and challenges, and some of the people were, you know, that were in our life had passed away, you know, then I was like, how in the world am I going to preach that right now? I believe it, but I don't know if I can convince everybody else. But I'm always going to act in obedience to what God told me. So um, I am going to speak to you tonight on unlocking the Holy Spirit within. I had the opportunity last night for a little bit, and then again today to talk a little bit to Catherine Legg. I have met her. In fact, she was here years ago when I did a swim -a meeting with uh, Dr. Marina McLean, because she has worked many years with Drs. Uh, Marina and Remy McLean. Many of you may know their ministry. And, um, and she was working for them, with them, traveling with them, etc. And so she was here then, but um, when we were talking this morning, she said, uh, she's a prophetic intercessor, and she has been that for many years. And she said, the word I just keep hearing about this is activation. I'm like, oh, yes, that's where we're going tonight. I didn't tell her that. In my mind, I did. But, but yes, activation. You see, um, when I began doing these women's conferences in 1997, I was only two. But when I started doing these conferences back then, um, I called them Delivered to Deliver. And then I was at a meeting with Swimma uh, in Dallas with Tracy Mitchell. And there was a lady there teaching about branding. And she was saying, you know, you don't need to have so many words. You need to, you know, narrow it down to one word when you brand something. You know, like next home. You know, one word. You, it's two words, but you made it one. You know. Okay, so I'm like, uh... I thought about it and prayed about it and whatever, and I said, well, the main word I can think of is unlocked. Oh, that baby. <laughs> is unlocked. Unlocked means the same thing as being delivered to deliver. You see, if you felt like you got delivered from things just so you could sit on a pew, you're going to find out tonight that you have been deeply misguided because you were delivered that you could set others free. You have been unlocked so that you could unlock others. 
Today at the luncheon, as Pastor Robin shared, she was talking about unlocking the things that are within. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But we're going to talk about unlocking the Holy Spirit within you. It is time. It is time. In fact, it's past time. I have a strong passion for deliverance ministry. And I have a strong passion to... uh, to, like I said a while ago, to activate people. And I know that we've all come from dysfunction. Tell your neighbor, we all came from dysfunction. So that just puts us all, it levels the playing field there. Okay, all of us did. Different aspects. And it may not have been in your home, but generationally, we've all come from it. We're a product of that. But because we made a choice to yield to the Holy Spirit to work in us, then we're being, we have been healed and we are still a work in progress. But we can't stay with a mindset all the time, all the time, that I just got to get healed because of all this stuff. Okay, sometime you got to grow up. And you got to do what God has mandated you to do. Because there are people in your sphere that only you can touch. And until you get it together, then you can't be effective in reaching others. So this is where we're going tonight. So I might step on toes, and I'm not apologizing for that because the Word of God is offensive because it's cutting against our flesh, and we don't like that to happen. It's shoving us out of our comfort zone. It's forcing us to get out of the comfort zone so that we can be what God called us to be. So I'm gonna bring you through several scriptures. We'll have some scriptures on the slides. I usually have very detailed slides for y'all, but I did not tonight. I, I have so much in me that I don't know where we're going. I'm just getting unlocked. The Old Testament, so it's a, a quote from the Old Testament. But it says, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. There you go. I'm telling you, you were not delivered just so you could feel good about you, boo. That's just not it. We, we were delivered to set other people free, that I might sh- show my power in thee. God's looking for vessels who will say, yes, yes, Holy Spirit, flow through me. Bethany said it this morning. I want to be a conduit. We say that around here all the time. Holy Spirit, I want to be a conduit through which you can flow to bring deliverance, to bring, bring healing, to bring transformation to the lives of others. That my name, that, that we would show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Same verse in two other translations. It says, for the earnest, oh no, this is a different, no, it's the same one. Wait, Beverly. It's a different verse. Romans 8, 19, and apparently I didn't put the King James on here. Y'all, I'm going to hell. <laughs> God. Anyway, maybe this one is the King James. Who knows? For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yeah, that's King James. Because it had a saith and a doeth and a goeth and a heretoeth. And And so what does that mean? Okay, there's different ways this has been interpreted. And many of us have interpreted it from the aspect that the word manifestations means 
that all of creation is waiting for you and I to, to do the miracles, to show the miracle working power of God. But it also goes a little further and it's explained in this next translation. For even the whole creation, all of nature is waiting expectantly and they are longing earnestly for God's sons and daughters to be made known waits for the revealing and the disclosing of their sonship. You rub shoulders with people every day that are waiting for you to show them who you really are. I'm a child of the Most High God. Glory to God. And if you need something, I'm going to minister to you. My husband and I, um, I, I used to cook, and I'm a very good cook. You can tell, but... You know, we, we, we wear it well, but I don't cook anymore. It's just the two of us. I hardly ever cook. We eat out all the time, and we eat late night, which is terrible for you, which also adds to the weight. I know that, but that's our schedule. So we leave church here, and then we go get something to eat, and there's only a couple of places open late. And we now have, we walked into this restaurant at about 10 o'clock the other night, and Garland said, well, this is our other church. I said, yes, it is. I said, they're only halfway dressed in there, but they love us. And we came in there, and this waitress came up to us to help us. She said, I think that I waited on y'all before. We said, yeah, you did. She said, and I think I was crying, and y'all just started praying for me right here at the table. I said, yes, we did. When she came to the table, we have made it our mission field. So that's our other campus, okay? If you're not religious and you won't get upset about their short skirts, I'll tell you it's walk-ons, but it's the only place open late. <laughs> and we got a whole mission field in there. They all know us. In a little bit, a man came up to me. He said, I understand y'all eat here a lot. And we said, yes, we do. He said, well, I'm the new manager. I've only been here for two days, but everybody in here tells me about y'all. And they love y'all. And he said, I'm so glad that you're here. And here's... Here's my card. I wanted to meet you and all. Because we've made it a mission field. We are around people all the time, whether it's at the bank, at the grocery store, whether it's at work, whether it's in your home, whether it's at a restaurant, wherever it may be, that we have an opportunity to reach out to and to touch them. Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up that I might reveal my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now we could jump past to scripture I have on a slide later, but you really don't even need to look at it. You know it. It's out of Mark chapter 16 and it gives us the great commission. And these signs shall follow. Y'all, what's following you? What's following you? These signs shall follow who? Them that believe. Well, you are a believer. That's why you're here. But are there signs following you? Have you been releasing his power? Have you been demonstrating his power? All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. When will we get it? How long are we going to stay in inner healing mode? We just can't stay there. We can't live there. If you've got those issues, okay, we know spirit-filled counselors that are going to counsel you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to lay hands on you. If they need you, they're going to cast the devil out of you. They're, and they're going to help you because that's a need that we have. But that should only be for a period of time. If 
I'm yielded to the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in me. Now, in order for me to be yielded to that, it means i got to get real with myself. i got to be telling the truth to myself. So we can't walk around living in facades all the time. Listen, if you're here tonight with a situation where your heart's breaking, I'm not here to condemn you. That's not my point. But I'm saying that most of us in this room, even though I don't know you, but the fact that you registered and paid money to be here tells me that you didn't just get saved yesterday. So it's time to put our big girl's panties on. (laughs) Get our swords and shields out. And go to war. Amen? It's time for us to let the Holy Spirit break out in our lives. You've been transformed in order that you would release His power. Now, it wouldn't be a women's conference if I didn't talk about Proverbs, the virtuous woman, right? Y'all, I used to get so mad. I'm like, okay, just because I'm a woman, it doesn't mean I can only preach to women. I'm a preacher. I can preach to women, men, dogs, whatever. I I can preach to anybody. He called me to preach. And there's more in the Bible for me to preach from than Proverbs 31. I don't have to stay there. But I did. Once upon a time, 100 years ago, I was invited somewhere to preach on this topic of Proverbs 31. Well, I just wasn't satisfied. Now, I have broken it all down. I've done the whole sermons. I know them. But this is where I'm coming from. Virtuous woman, the word virtue. I was reading in the New Testament, and I came across the word virtue, and I looked it up. The definition of the word virtue in the New Testament means it is It it, it means the endowment of power of the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, when you read it, the Hebrew word used there is, I may not be pronouncing it right, but it's chayil, C-H-A-Y-I-L-L. That's the Old Testament Hebrew word for virtue. When you're reading this story of the virtuous woman, and it means to be morally pure in your character. But then I jump to the New Testament and I see the same word virtue. And when you study it out in Greek, it means dunamis. Dunamis means the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, which has the capability of reproducing after its kind. So then that brings me to another question. What are we reproducing? What kind are we reproducing? Are we getting people saved who then are codependent on an inner healing ministry? Because if that's all you live in front of them, that's what they're going to think is the right thing to do. We got to face our issues. We got to deal with our stuff, and then we got to go beyond it. I told my husband, I said, if I let myself really process what just happened, we've lost Denise, we've lost, you know, other dear family members and people connected to people in our lives and in our church. If I let myself focus on there, I'm not going to get through this conference. I'm getting through the conference, then I'll cry my tears. I'll get through it, but not right now. Not right now because I'm focused because I have a mission before me. The problem is we lose our focus too easily. We let every little thing cause us a hiccup in our path and we're distracted by every little thing. And I'm not minimizing what's just happened. Those are huge issues. I'm not minimizing that at all. But what I'm saying is we as women of God, women of faith and power, virtuous women... We're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So basically, we're nullifying this precious gift we've been given because we're not using it. If you gave me a gift 
And I brought it home, and I never did open the box and see what was inside and use that gift. That would be an insult to you. He has given us a gift, a gift that was so important that Jesus said, Tarry ye here till ye are endued with power from on high. He did not make it optional. It was a command. I want you, you're going to have to have this Holy Spirit. Salvation's the beginning. We can't stop at salvation. We need the Holy Spirit. So we got to go further. So he said, Terry, you here. So I know I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know there are people here at this conference who are actually seeking to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to receive the gift of tongues. And we are going to be praying for that during this conference, either tonight or at another time. But we are going to pray for that, and we're going to see that happen. We had one lady this morning who began to speak in tongues just a little bit for the first time, but it sounded, and listen, it's going to sound weird to you because you've never done that before, and it's not a normal language. But where we mess ourselves up is we start trying to figure it out and analyze it. No, you can't do that because a life in the spirit, there's no logic in the spirit. I don't mean that insultingly, but there's really not. You can't try to figure your way out. You can't analyze it out. You just got to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and go with the Holy Spirit. My daddy used to, my daddy was amazing praying for people and getting them filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you, he said, if you say, oh, well, I think it might be me. He said, listen, honey. If it's not you, you better tell me in a hurry because you and me both going to check out of here. Because it's the Holy Spirit flowing through you. So it is going to be your mouth, your voice, but the syllables he's giving you. And for most people, I wasn't going to interject this here, but I just feel to for a minute. Most people, you're not going to start off speaking in tongues. Say, oh, You might just have da, 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 da. When my grandbaby over there started talking at, you know, like a month old. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Joshua, but you know it. The first thing he did say was mama. He doesn't know what he's saying, but he did say mama. But Bo did it right, and Bo said dada. But now he says dada, mama, all of it. And Garland's trying to get him to say pops. I'm not even going to try to get him to say sugar. None of them can say sugar. That's who I am. I know y'all knew I was sweet like sugar. That's me. But they can't pronounce the S. I, for, usually for a few years, I'm Googer. Which is a little better than Booger. But you know what I'm saying? You know, but I'm not even trying right now. But when he starts talking, he's not going to start with saying sentences and paragraphs. So what makes us think when we yield to the Holy Spirit for this new language to pray through us, that it's going to be sentences and paragraphs. And no, it may be one syllable. And baby, use that syllable. Pray in that syllable. More will come. And then as you use the gift of the Spirit, there will be times you're in prayer and you go into warfare and a whole different tongue comes out. And you're like, wow, where did that come from? I've never heard that before. So anyway, that wasn't on the notes, but anyway, that's just food for thought, <laughs> information there. So we have the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit with the capability of reproducing after its kind. The power of duplication is experienced when we're not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but when we choose to 
release him and allow him to flow in and through us. I have been reflecting a lot lately. Hopefully this is not because of my age because I tell my 87-year-old mother, you're not getting old, none of us are getting old, and don't use the word old because we're not doing that. So I'm not getting old. But I am maturing day by day. (laughs) And maybe that's the thing that causes me to reflect. But I've been reflecting on some of the most amazing opportunities in ministry that Garland and I have had through the years. Open doors, unbelievable. We have known for over 20 years, maybe even 30 years, that our ascension calling is apostolic. We know that. And an apostle, if you understand fivefold ministry, and I know we have a lot of different denominations and people here, so I'll just take a moment to say, an apostle flows in all of the realms. Prophet, pastor, teacher, they flow in everything. And the Bible says that the foundation of the church is founded upon the apostles and the prophets working together succinctly. There has to be that unity. They have to work together for there to be the true um, order that God has established for the church. So we understand that. We're not ones that stand up and say, yes, bless God, I am Apostle Beverly Bilbo. You know, that's just not us, you know. I mean, uh, (laughs) it was perfect timing, wasn't it? It was perfect timing. (laughs) Um, So sometimes we've got to take a moment and understand what is our call? What is our office? What is our purpose? And the reality is whether we have been called to hold an office, because we're not all called to hold an office. We are all called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're all called, the Bible says in Corinthians, covet to prophesy. And we have to be careful with that because some people just go crazy with that, wanting to give a word to everything that moves, you know. And, and sometimes it's their own word or Maybe the devil's word. I don't really know. It's not always from God. So we have to be careful with that. But I find that the church goes in cycles where everybody's wanting a a prophetic word and we want to flow and flow in that prophetic move. But what I'm talking to you about tonight is beyond that. When is the last time you laid hands on somebody believing for healing and expected it to happen? It's not just, and I'm not going to break down, I have all the notes on, the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, the whatever, I can teach on all of it. We're not going there tonight. We're talking about activating what is within you. At a later time, you can take and study those things out. Because one of the keys that people do forget is that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, not only will you have that empowering and that boldness and you will will speak in tongues, you know, that's not the only things that are going to take place in your life. You will emanate the fruit, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You're going to reflect those things in your personality because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just about coming to the altar and shaking and jerking and all of those things. Well, as I was reflecting over some of the paths that we've been through through the years, and I was remembering that, you know, first of all... 
I had the privilege of being raised in a mega church when there was no such thing as a mega church. My father was an amazing man of God. <clears throat> and he walked in miracles. We've seen people get up off of stretchers. We've seen blind eyes open. I, you know, <clears throat> I, always, I always tell this one. I don't know why this one hit me so much, but we were in Chicago, Illinois, at a crusade he was doing one time. There was an entire section, I think it was 30-something people in that section, that were deaf. And Dad just swept his arm that way and prayed for God to heal them. And when he did, they all stood up every one of them speaking out loud in tongues. Their ears were opened, they could hear, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have seen, I have witnessed, through me and Garland's ministry, we have seen people get up out of wheelchairs. We have seen people who had cancer, who came back in and brought their x-rays, and the x-rays said, clear. The doctor wrote on the x-rays that it was a miracle. We have seen these things happen. But I don't hear a lot about healing in the church anymore. I don't hear a lot about the miracles. The Bible says, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believed. But the reality is, most people need a sign. They need a sign. So you and I have this responsibility and opportunity for signs and wonders to follow us where we go. It will not happen until we make a decision. Lord, let your Holy Spirit flow through me. I want to be used by you. I yield to you. What are you releasing? What are you demonstrating? Christ wants us to be free and to be free indeed. Somebody needs to make a decision. I'm going to release God. I'm going to demonstrate I'm going to be one of the sons and daughters of God that the manifestations of his spirit will be flowing through so that all of creation that's earnestly longing to see the miracles happen, that they will see it happening and it will be happening through my life, through my ministry. It is not optional. It is not optional. In fact, I'm going to go on down, skip way. Well, actually, let me do this first. Baby, did I give you Isaiah 8, 18 to 20? <clears throat> I think I did. The church was not born powerless, weak, impotent, or anemic. Hey, I'm going to say that again. The church was not born powerless, impotent, weak, or anemic. It was born in a demonstration of power. Read the book of Acts. The church was born in a demonstration of power, totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 8, 18 through 20 says, God's people, the children of God, are for signs and wonders. That's, that's, that's our purpose. And it's not just New Testament. Lord, we got people talking about tithing and this and that and everything else and worrying about what's under the law and over the law and before the law and after the law and New Testament, Old Testament. I'm not even going there. But I'm going to say, this about the signs and wonders did not just start in the New Testament. This was Prophet Isaiah saying it. That we, the people, the children of God are for signs and wonders. If you will leave this conference and you will go home and Bethany said this morning, proving God is not just for 
talking about giving and tithes and offerings. Prove God. Go to somebody you know that's got an impossible situation. Lay hands on them. Call forth healing. Break the demonic spirit of infirmity that has attached itself to their body. Speak life, healing, health, wholeness to them and expect God to do it. You're going to be amazed. God can do it by himself, but he chooses to work through people. Sad verse in the Old Testament. I, I don't have it on my notes tonight to give you the reference, but it says he looked to and fro throughout the whole earth trying to find somebody that would stand up in the gap and make up the hedge. And he found none. May that never be you or me that he's looking to and fro trying to find somebody that says, Yes, Lord, here am I, send me, use me, flow through me. It says he found None. That can't be us. It's not God's purpose or intention for only the fivefold ministers or Benny Hinn. <laughs> Pick him up, Brother Brock. You know, <laughs> it's not just God's will for that to be the only person operating in signs and wonders. When, when I realized I had a call of God on my life to preach, um, Garland went and began to buy me books. A few of you have heard me say this before. But he bought me some books on uh, Mariah Woodworth Etter, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman. I had already had some books from Catherine Kuhlman from the time I was a child that I'd read, but I hadn't read them in a while. And I went back and I started reading them. Because basically he was like, baby, the preach is all over you. You're not just called to sing in direct choirs. You're, you're supposed to be preaching and, he, you know, and sadly, there are some men that are threatened by that when their wife preaches. I, he's not threatened at all. He knows who he is. He knows he can preach a house of fire. And he knows that I can too. So he wants me to do what God called me to do. So he has pushed me out of that boat. So he went and got me these books. And I began reading these books and studying all of this. And you women in here that are single and you're called to ministry, don't compromise just for some guy that comes along that may look fine and all that kind of stuff and might have a buck or two in their pocket if they're not going to release you to be what God called you to be. You will live a miserable life, you know, if you do that, I promise you. I know that. I've got too many friends in ministry that I see that's happened with them. Don't let that happen. Hold out. Hold out till you find the one that God has for you who's going to release you to walk in God's promises. Well, I started reading all of these books. And so I'm going to bring you to uh, a passage um, in uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, and immediately he arose. This is talking about the par paralytic man. He took up the bed and he went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed. All were amazed, and they glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Wow. Then Mark chapter 5, verse 18, it says, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. 
Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things God had done for him, and all men did marvel. Hope you're seeing where we're going here. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34, the woman with the issue of blood, she had suffered 12 years. She had faith to touch just the hem of his garment to receive her healing. And Jesus said, virtue, dunamis, power of the Holy Spirit went out from him. The next slide, and when he was come in, he saith unto them, this is after uh, Jairus, uh, the centurion's soldier's daughter died. Okay, Mark 5, 39, 42. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make ye this a doe and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out. Now, Bethany said this morning, some of us got to sever some relationships. I can't flow where God wants me to be, walking alongside just everybody, even every Holy Ghost, tongue-talking minister. I'm not their same DNA. I'm not on the same page with them. I don't have time to waste with that. i got to find my tribe and go with my tribe. Kim said it today. He put them out. He took the father and the mother of the damsel that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand. And he said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Okay, we just read. And then the next uh, passage it's about the ruler of the synagogue's daughter. It's, I mean, the same thing, verse 42, and it says they were astonished with the great astonishment. I'm sorry, I had that verse in there twice. Um, so what we're seeing here is kind of like a pattern in Mark chapter 5. They were all amazed. They said, we never saw it on this fashion. We have never seen anything like this. They, the other uh, verse said they marveled. All men marveled. It impacted everyone. Everyone. When God moves, when the Holy Spirit moves, when the miracles start to happen, it will impact everyone. And then this last one, it says they were amazed, they were astonished. Now let me ask you something. When's the last time in your small group ministry, in your choir practice, that people left and said, wow, I'm amazed. I never saw anything like this before. I've never seen it on this fashion. Because that's what they should be saying when you say, I'm going to release the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit through my life to flow in and touch others. It will cause them all to be amazed. And then they will do what so many in the New Testament did. They went and told everybody. 
because of what happened in their life. They went and told it. Nobody would be having to, to worry about having empty seats in a church. No church would have to worry about tithes and finances coming in because the house would be filled. And when people are receiving the blessings of God, look, I preached in some churches while I'm preaching. They're putting money at my feet. That might be a hint. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. They come and put money at my feet. I mean, and you've seen it before. There will be no lack. There will be no lack in the body when we release the power of the Holy Spirit. I've spoken on this a few times uh, in my life from this passage. But this is where I'm going to go right now. Where am I going? Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth. He had a meeting. And there was a gentleman that came into the meeting in a wheelchair rolled himself all the way down to the altar. He got up to the front, and uh, Smith had ministered to all the people. And this gentleman, he turned around and saw that he had no legs. And Smith said, uh, the gentleman said, I've come for prayer. He said, well, I'm done praying. He said, but if you go tomorrow to such and such a street and go to the shoe store, God will meet your need. Well, that sounds almost cruel. First of all, the effort it took for him to be in his wheelchair, to get to the church, to the meeting, and then to get all the way down to the front, and then to just simply ask for prayer. And Smith, who was very harsh, if you've read much about his life, he was very harsh in a lot of his dealings, and he didn't even pray for the man. Instead, he gave him a command of something to do. He said, go to the shoe store tomorrow. Well, the very next day, the man goes down to that shoe store. The shoe clerk was working in the back of the store and he heard the little bell jingle when the door opened. And he was busy and he said, just a minute, I'll be up front to help you in just a minute. And so he kept doing what he was doing in the back. And then when he walked up front and he noticed this man was in a wheelchair and then he realized he had no legs, well, it made the clerk very nervous. And he was like, oh, man, what am I going to do with this? You know, hopefully he's buying shoes for somebody else because I don't know what we're doing with this, you know. And so he asked the gentleman, he said, can I help you? He said, yes. He said, how can I help you? He said, I want a size nine shoe, a slip on. And so the clerk very nervously said, "Um, uh, and, and what color do you want? He said, I'll take brown, size nine shoe. So the clerk goes and gets the shoes, brings it hands it to him and turns around to go to the cash register, hoping that this man is just going to leave and get out of there because it was an extremely uncomfortable situation. If you make a decision to let the Holy Spirit work through you, get ready for some uncomfortable, awkward situations. Amen. And so the gentleman said, oh, sir, can you help me? And he said, sure, what do you need? He said, would you open that box and would you put those shoes on the, I don't know exactly what you call it, but you know those little things like that at the bottom of the, of the wheelchair. Would you put those shoes right there? And that clerk very nervously opened the box and he put those shoes down there. And when he did, together, they watched as legs grew and a foot grew to fill a size nine shoe. I have a feeling that if that man in the wheelchair's faith or, or 
compassion would have been to say, I want a size 14 shoe like my son-in-law. Whatever size shoe, he would have said his foot was going to grow to that because of his faith and his obedience. And he didn't get his little feelings hurt when somebody didn't pray for him at the altar. If he would have taken on, people get their feelings hurt and take on offense over these stupidest things. I'm sorry, Bo, but they do. Okay. It's just crazy. And they, they get themselves upset about it. They miss out on what God would like to do in their life because of that. How amazing would that be? How amazing would that be to see a miracle like that? One time, Mariah Woodworth Edder was preaching. She went into a community to preach. They couldn't fit the people in the building. So she was outside, and there was a stump. She stood up on that stump to preach. She had a Bible in one hand, and all of a sudden, as she was preaching, and people were starting to gather, she held that Bible up and her other hand up, and the Holy Spirit froze her. Why did he freeze her, you ask? He had a greater purpose. It doesn't make sense to you and me. Hey, the things of the Spirit cannot be comprehended by the natural mind. I said a while ago, even to receive the gift of tongues, if you're trying to rationalize it, trying to make it make sense, you're going to miss out. It won't make sense. You can't analyze it. You just got to step out in obedience. For three days, three days she was frozen it is documented there is a newspaper article that tells for three days this woman of God who was preaching was frozen people were coming from everywhere to see what happened what was going on over 2,000 people were gathered now outside on the third day and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit unfroze her it's not like a Disney movie let it go Maybe that's where they got the idea from. They, you know, because they study all kinds of church stuff. They might have found out about it. Mariah getting frozen. I don't know. But anyway, sorry. Let me get back on course. But people were saved. They were healed. They were delivered. The, the, the passage, let me look it up real quick because I, I might tell some of the facts wrong because I haven't studied some of this in a little while. It says that people began to be struck down, and they laid down like dead men. It says that she would begin her meetings at 9 o'clock in the morning. They would go till 12 o'clock at night. We couldn't even close the meeting. There were so many people outside. When one went out and one comes in, sinners were struck down at their homes and along the highways. They were saved for miles around. One day, 15 doctors came from different cities to investigate the power and the trances. One of the doctors was a class leader. He did not want to admit the power was from God. So he was called to another part of the house and he went expecting to find something new. But to his surprise, he found his own son there at the altar. Hey, look at God. Isn't that awesome? Who wanted his father to pray for him, but the dad couldn't pray for him. He didn't know how to pray. He didn't even want to admit that God's power was real. He couldn't pray, but God showed him what he was and what he had been doing. So he began to pray. He prayed first for himself to get his own heart right with God. While praying, he fell into a trance. 
And in that trance, he saw all the horrors of hell. He was falling in after a terrible struggle. And then God saved him. And then he went to work, this doctor went to work saving souls for Christ. For 20 miles around, men and women doing their daily activities were struck down, hallelujah, in their homes, in their business places, and on the roads and the streets. Because, and these signs shall follow. And these signs shall follow. Somebody was willing to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Catherine Kuhlman, I posted something I read again about her the other day, just so powerful, about her prayer life, about Oral Roberts talking about her prayer life, said that she would just walk back and forth across the stage and she would just be waving her hands or putting her head down or lifting her hands in the air, putting her hands behind her back, crying out to God, praying for God to use her, for his Holy Spirit to flow. Amy Simple McPherson, she was so different. And yes, guess what? All of these people had controversy in their life, but I believe that there are people who are willing to say yes and not have the controversy. Did you hear what I'm saying? We don't have to fall prey to the controversy and to the, to the uh, temptations of the enemy because the Holy Spirit's equipped us to rise above that. Amy, Amy did so many amazing things in her life and ministry. One of my favorite stories about her was when she, uh, she went to a town and she was tired of the fact that nobody was really coming to church, you know, and she wanted to see the church filled. So she got a chair and she stood in the middle of the street out in front of with saloons. And she climbed on that chair and she stood on that chair quiet with her hands raised. Now she was not frozen, she just stood there like a statue. You know, years ago, young people probably never seen this, but occasionally you would pass like a, a store and in the window there would be a real person there, like a, uh, instead of a mannequin, it would be a real person. They'd stand there like a statue, you know? And so if you go to the French Quarter, you'll see them, they're spray painted in silver and whatever, uh, you know, all kind of stuff. But um, anyway, so she was just standing there frozen in this chair. Again, just like what happened with Mariah Woodworth at her, people started coming around to see what's happening. What is this crazy woman doing? Why is she standing on this chair? What's going on? After a period of time and she felt like enough people had come to gather around her, she jumped off the chair, picked up the chair and said, hurry, follow me. And she went running down the street to the building. She had already told her ushers, as soon as everybody gets in the building, lock the doors, don't let anybody out. Now this is what you call a captive audience. She preached, miracles happened, and as a result of that, it was amazing. She never one time again had to fight to fill an auditorium when she had a meeting. How about us getting out of the box? How about us letting the Holy Spirit out of the box? My mom and dad, I, I, I know they, they used to like this singer that some of you might have heard of. They didn't listen to a whole lot of secular music other than Chet Atkins because my dad was an amazing guitar player, my mom a keyboardist. And they listened sometimes to a guy by the name of Jim Reeves. He had a very smooth voice. And when I preach on the Holy Spirit, I hear this song that my mom and dad 
would occasionally sing. I'd hear him occasionally singing. Please release me, let me go. Now, it was actually a love song. But I hear that, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying, please release me. Let me go. When, when will you make that decision to release him and let him go? I'm bringing this to a close. And I've got a demonstration. I brought a couple of them, but I may just do one of them. You know, we go to these conferences. I remember one time when the prophet Paul Cain came to our church. And he walked into the building and he got on the stage and he said, I'm not prophesying to anybody in here. Y'all haven't done anything with the last prophecies y'all been getting. <laughs> and you came here tonight just to watch me perform and I'm not going to perform. Basically, he was saying, I'm not prostituting the anointing is what he was saying. He said, now I could tell you about that person back there and you've got this going on in your back and your neck and you know, whatever, um, you know, those things on your spine, number seven or whatever, whatever you call it, you know. You know um, what do you call those? Vertebrae, that's what I'm trying to say, vertebrae. He said, I could say that, and all of a sudden that person jumped up, totally healed. And I could tell you that this one's dealing with that. And they burst out crying, and they were healed, and, and I could tell you that, but I'm not. And he left. He left. And there have been times I have felt that way. And I've told the people in the church many times. Uh, it's been a few years, but I have told them. I remember on Academy Drive, I said this several times. I'd say, don't come down here to get another prophetic word or to receive another impartation until you make a decision you're going to do with all those impartations you've already received. Yeah, I think I am going to do this. Destiny, come help me, honey. I might need two of y'all. Can you take the lid off this and hold this jar? Okay, turn around. Come, come stand hither. Act like you love me. Come stand beside me. me. <laughs> um, you know, one of the symbolisms of the Holy Spirit is water. So we hear that a prophet's coming to town. We hear that a healing evangelist is coming to town. We hear that there's going to be an amazing altar call. So this, this represents the Holy Spirit, and this vessel represents you. So you come... And the Holy Spirit pours into you. Oh, hallelujah, Holy Spirit, thank you so much. I received an impartation from you. And then about three weeks later, another one comes. And you, oh, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Use me. I yield to you. Use me, God. I want to touch the masses. I want to prophesy. I want to sing. I want to lay hands. I want to go into hospital rooms and empty the hospital beds because your Holy Spirit's working in my life. That's what I want to do. Holy Spirit, fill me up. And he just keeps every time, every time. And then we say, okay, I got filled up. And we put that lid on there. Because we got what we needed. And we come to church and we sit on a pew and we stand up during worship and we raise our hands and we speak in tongues and we might run a Jericho march and we do everything else. But this is us. Oh, yeah, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Selfish. 
you selfish one. How can you? How can you? How can you receive this gift and not use it and not pour it out? There's so many people that are desperate. They are dying. They're looking for someone to show them that God's power is real. Why won't you release him? You scared? Scared of what? I'd be scared to stand before him and him judge me because I did not act in obedience and, and, and do what he told me to do. You can sit down, honey. Thank you. That's your prize. That's your door prize. <laughs> I was preaching at Brownsville Conference many years ago, and um, I stopped. I would always go get my kids a little something on the way home. I hadn't had, when you preach conferences, you don't have time to go shopping. And, and then you come home, and people say, oh, did you enjoy your vacation? And after you slap them and they get back up off the floor, you explain to them that you are completely drained because the Holy Spirit, you did release him. And you've been ministering and working the whole time and fighting every devil in hell in every new region. It's different principalities, different powers that you're coming up against. It is war. It wasn't no vacation. But hey, y'all, Pastor's Appreciation's coming soon. And if y'all want to send us away, we will go. We stopped in uh, a store, and I saw this crazy little box. I thought that was the cutest thing, never dreaming that it was going to become one of my most favorite sermon illustrations. You can't see it well from there. I was going to video it and put it on the screen so you could all see it. But it's a little box, like a crate, like you ship somewhere. And there's one little eye in there because there's some poor pitiful character that's trapped inside of there. And when you turn it on... Holy Ghosts inside of you. And you let him peek one eye out. But you won't let him out. And he's saying, excuse me. Can you stop being so busy doing everything else that you could just let me be released? You will be amazed and everybody you know will be amazed and astonished and they will marvel and they will say, we've never seen it on this fashion because you made a decision to say yes. Yes, you can use me. Just the discernment to operate in you when you go to show a home to somebody. And you walk into that home, and if you sense that in that home there's been chaos, then you could go back later and take some anointing oil and anoint that home and speak peace in that home. And as you're selling it to people, that you pray for God to bring just the right family into that home. Oh, I'm just talking to her because she's a realtor, but wherever you are, hairdressers have it the best. That is the greatest mission field ever. Because you also have a captive audience. Because once you get them in that chair and you start with the solution, they ain't getting them leaving. 
and usually they spill their guts to you. What a time to minister. What a time to take authority. Shelly, when people come into the store and they're trying on clothes and they're like me because nothing fits them and you, they're discouraged and, you, and you're encouraging them and as you're doing that and releasing the Holy Spirit and he's beginning to tell you things about them. This Our conference is filled with school teachers from my church. School teachers run this show with me. I call them and I say, are you available this week because I need y'all because they are person 
That's what I would have thought. That is what I thought. But I had to take a step of obedience and say that. I remember I was preaching in Wisconsin. The first time that God gave me somebody's name, to call out a name, I was nervous about it. I'd seen it done, but I had never done it myself. And God gave me the name the night before and told me what was about that person that was going to be there. I was so new and flowing in the spirit myself, I didn't know that was okay. I called my daddy. I said, Daddy, does God give you things a day or two in advance? And he said, oh, yeah. I said, okay. I said, because I wrote it all down. I don't know if I'm supposed to go in there and read that or what I'm supposed to do. He said, oh, yeah, you do that. So I called it out, and it was a, it was a, a name you don't hear very often. I don't remember what it was. Just say something like, you know, don't anybody be offended. I just am not a, nothing against the name. I just don't hear this often. Maybe it was like Eunice or something like that. It was something different that you don't hear a whole lot. so that 
I can be strong to address situations, to deal with situations, to not be afraid to take authority over the works of darkness. I can't hide behind my excuses. And don't, don't take it personally when I'm saying that. I recognize, you know, sometimes women can be super sensitive. And, but we, we excuse off, you know, we make excuses for everything. Stop hiding behind excuses. There's a world that needs you. And for many of you, it begins in the walls of your home. You can talk the talk, but until you start living it in front of them, nothing's going to change in their life. I tell women all the time, they'll say, well, but my family won't come to church. So what? You come anyway. You're going to let them dictate to you? Or are you going to walk in obedience to God? Get up, put your clothes on. Your eyes might be closed because you're sleepy. You might not have your makeup on. I don't all the time either. It doesn't matter. That's not why we're going. You get up and go. Somebody's got to be the example. Somebody's got to set the standard. And if you keep persevering, they will eventually follow. And on Sunday mornings, they know where you are. My husband, I hear him tell sometimes about my, my mother and father-in-law. They would have relatives that would call them and say, hey, we're going to come Sunday to visit y'all. And my father-in-law would say, that'll be fine. Y'all come. You can just sit outside in the car till we get home from church unless you want to come early enough to go to church with us. But we will be in church. I can't tell you how many people tell me, oh, I couldn't come today because company came in from out of town. Put them in a car and bring them with you. They just might need a touch from God themselves. Excuse me. Excuse me.
for us to lay hands on you, we may, but you need to repent because this is a message that brings conviction. It's a message that says, I have not been doing what I should be doing, and I feel that there are those here. I also want to ask this because yesterday, I don't know, uh, God gave me the word last night. It gave me a name last night, and I don't know if it's Justin or Justine somebody that's connected to someone who's registered for this conference whether they're in this service or another one I don't know but is there anybody in here and you have a Justin or a Justine connected to you which one honey okay because the word God gave me was that that he's been running and running and running and running and God said to encourage you and tell you he's got his number not just running from God every time and it's a pattern that's been in his life every time he hits an adverse situation the tendency is not to deal with the situation but to run to run to escape it God's dealing with him he is wooing him and he's going to bring him into the kingdom and he's going to have an amazing testimony and he's not going to be running anymore except towards the cross towards the Lord and then he will be a gatherer to help others. Father, right now we speak to Justin in the name of Jesus, wherever he is, whatever the conflict is in his life. And Lord, we thank you for your word that is revealed, that it can bring healing to a situation. Lord, we ask you right now to minister peace to him, that he would no longer have this anxiousness that every time a challenge comes, he's trying to escape from it and he's trying to run from it. But Lord, that instead he would say, hey, I'm running to you, God. Lord, you gave me that word last night, and you told me, you told me someone would be here, and that I would have that word for them, and Lord, we are going to uh, seal that word, and we're calling it to fruition in the name of Jesus. Hear this mother's heart, hear her cries, you have heard them, and you will honor her faithfulness, and you will bring him to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Holy Spirit, flow in this place, move in this place. Father, I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory. The lady on the back row with the mask on, honey, you've been facing some situations that seem hopeless, and it's people in your life. It's people in your life you have prayed and prayed, and you just feel at times like, I don't know what else to do. Were you here this morning when Bethany was ministering? Waterproof that ark. Waterproof that ark. God's got their number and God has heard your cries and God is drawing them in in the name of Jesus. Leona, can you scoot over there? But Antona, Noreen, uh, Rebecca, uh, people around her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we curse the hopelessness, the lies of the enemy that's made her feel defeated. It's made her feel that this is hopeless and it's not going to turn around. We call her family into the kingdom, into the ark of safety. We call them in today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Now, Father, I speak such faith and a warring spirit in her. Lord, she's exhausted. She's weary from the battle. But, Father, I pray strength to her supernaturally. In your name, Holy Spirit, touch her, oh God. Touch her household. Touch her family. Father, we give you praise for it. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's somebody in here and you've got pain in your lower back. Who is that that you're suffering in your lower back? Like almost on your backside. That's you? Oh, okay. Anybody else? Would you stand to your feet wherever you are that you're hurting in your back right now? Father, we come against the spirit of infirmity. Lord, in this pain, inflammation, tightness. Where is the pain in uh, Malloy? Is it in her lower back? Can you stand up in her place? Father, in the name of Jesus, we send forth your word to Malloy to heal her right now. And Father, we release your word for every person in this room right now. Father, we take Satan, you take your hands off. Take your hands off of God's people, off of God's women. Lord, and we just speak healing, divine healing, restoration. The inflammation would go. The tightness would go in the muscles. It would loosen up, oh God. And they would receive healing in the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. And it would loosen up. It would loosen up, God. We praise you for it, Lord. Loosen it up, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tori, you've been dealing with a lot of condemnation. I don't know what it's about. I just know it. I keep seeing you even at home. I see your face at times. And I see that you're dealing with a lot of condemnation. I know that you've been in a different season. And that's okay. You're doing your highest calling. And you're not in a season where you're able to be up here singing worship with us with that beautiful, soft, soprano voice. Because God's blessed you with those two precious baby boys. But you're not missing out on anything. You're going to catch back up. And you're going to go beyond where you were before. Because the hand of God has always been on your life. The anointing and the call has always been on your life. It has not left. God hasn't changed his mind. It's a different season when you've been used to being active and ministering. And then God blesses us with babies and we have to shift gears and pull back so that we can take care of those little ones. But I promise you, you are doing the highest calling, pouring in to those precious babies, to Ethan and Ian. God's hands on their life. And you have the honor as a woman of God, as a mother, to pour into their little lives and raise them to be men of God. And before you know it, you're going to be right up here singing and they'll be right up here singing too. I love it. Our little grandbaby back there, he passed month. When we start singing worship, if you're any, if he's in the building, everybody can hear him. Ah! And when the song and the music ends, he stops. But he's going to be singing along with us. He's just singer and he's just learned to clap so sometimes we get the clapping going on with it too but he's going to sing and sing and worship the Lord <laughs> and that's what they're going to do and that's what we say bring them to church even if they're a little loud I ain't worried about that keep them around the anointing keep them around the anointing of the Holy Spirit amen 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 hallelujah hallelujah Brooke I want to pray for you that the discouragement and oppression that in season Okay. 
hands on her, please. Father, we just take authority over depression, over discouragement. Father, I thank you that she's here and she's smiling and she's beautiful and she's got the hand of God upon her life. Father, may she recognize her value and her worth, Lord. Father, she be the best mother she can be. Father, to be the best daughter and sibling that she can be to her family. Father, restore her joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Satan, your hands are off. Your hands are off. In the name of Jesus, we release the joy of the Holy Spirit in her life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Is there anybody that wanted to come up for prayer? That you just felt like, I just need to, to publicly come up, come up. Not that I, I'm not looking for it. I, you don't have to. But if, if you don't, then do it there in your seat. But you, if this message convicted you tonight, because you recognize you have been hiding behind things and not letting God use you. In fact, let me just lead you in a prayer. Dear Lord, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me for retreating, for holding back, for being disobedient at times and not yielding to you and allowing you to flow through my life. I make a fresh commitment to you today that, that I will follow you, I will obey you, I will allow you to use me and to flow through me to touch the lives of others in Jesus precious name amen amen Kimberly would you come Kathy would you come would you lay hands on these ladies pray for these ladies please hallelujah hallelujah we're going to dismiss in just a moment um, Marquise has a little gift she's going to bring from, from me to each of you to give you before you go tonight we will convene again tomorrow morning and uh, if that's the Holy Spirit's dealing with you honey <laughs> Father in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Catherine go sit by there back there by her honey Father I just speak healing to her healing to her emotions so much verbal abuse. I hear so much verbal abuse that's just beat you down. In the name of Jesus, we break the, the power of the lies and those word curses that have been spoken. And we replace them with the promises of God. Lord, again to her, I pray, Lord, that you would restore her joy supernatural joy in her life oh God and I speak physical healing to her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet Father nothing is too hard for you this is not impossible for you God and Father we praise you in advance for the turnaround for the turnaround it's, you've not gone so far that you feel like I feel like it's you it may not just be you it may be somebody else in here but you feel like I've messed up so much that God could never use me. I missed my opportunity. That's a lie of the enemy. Caleb was 80 years old when he went to go seize that mountain. Amen. You're not too old. I mean, you're not too young. You're not too old. You're not. There's no excuse. No excuse. Let the Holy Spirit move through your life and heal 
man. We love you all, and you are dismissed. I pray a prayer of blessing over each of you. And uh, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for moving in our midst tonight. And Lord, I just speak peace, restful night's sleep for each and every one, Lord. I thank you for Krista. We continue to ask you to heal and strengthen this powerhouse for your kingdom, Lord. Father, not just to restore her body, Lord, but to above and beyond it ever was, Lord. Father, that the prophetic would flow through her, through her, uh, her mouth, through her utterances, through her teaching, her preaching, her prophesying, and on the instruments, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you, you are continuing to minister to her life. You do all things well. And Father, I pray for rest for the entire Bullock team, Lord. May this be a night of rest for them, God. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. And you are dismissed.